Welcome to College Football Roundtable, your source for college football coverage, including major storylines, playoffs, can't miss game previews, and picks each week. Join your hosts, Dan, Rob, and Jordan at the roundtable for a show unlike anything else. As for Football presents the College Football Roundtable. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Rob, the Angry Colonel. The NFL draft starts. You can believe that we're two days away. The transfer portal is opening and opening, open, and it's already having an impact on the game. There are some crazy moves that's happened just in the last 24 hours coming out of spring games. Uh, geez, you know, EA Sports and the NCAA need to get their act together and release the college football game. I think everybody's been waiting on that for at least a decade. I know I have. But anyway, welcome back. What's up, Trash Talkers? Welcome to Combined College Football Rounds, or the Army Football Alumni Show, as we're going to call it today. I'm your host, Rob, in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We got Dano Ikebesa coming out of coastal Connecticut. Trigger Joe right up the street from the big house. And we also have three Army football alums, all played on the 96 team. We've got wow. Tim Booth. We've got the notorious ZOP and Randy Hawk Hawkins on with us today. How are we doing, guys? Awesome. Uh, it's never better, man. I guess I'll doing go good. first. Um, life is good. Tim, how about you? Awesome. I uh, just man. got off of work, Loving life. and it's uh, much better. Oh, Tim, Jim. Sorry. Tim and Jim. Sounds the same. Go for it. One of you guys. Zop, you're up, man. No, it's awesome. Timmy Booth is uh, always leading through the hole. So, uh, honestly, it's it's good to have him together. Good seeing – Saw him last time, Air Force game, and uh, I'm glad that he was able to connect here and, and my man Hawk over there. So life is good for me. It's good. Hawk, how about you? It's always great down here in Tampa. I'm so happy to join the round table. It's good to chat about football, you know, d during what used to be, uh, what, our dead period and those sad days, you know, after the national championship and after the Super Bowl. And so, you know, you find yourself craving a little football. You know, all you got is the high school, you know, national letter of intent day. You got the uh, spring college football and the NFL draft. So, you know, but now we have the XFL, and I know we're going to talk about that later. So I'll shut up awesome. for now. Awesome. Timmy, how about you? I'm doing in the parking lot of physical therapy place, waiting on physical therapy on my shoulder, trying to uh, a total replacement. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Brutal. Fighting off father time and injuries. We all understand uh, that yes. for sure. <laughs> all right. So just a real quick catch up about this roundtable. Roundtable is where we're going to talk about the service academies. We talk about what's going on in football, but seeing that we are in the dead period, we're about halfway to the start of the three season. If you can believe that, it seems like it's so, so far away, but it's not. Spring games are over. So this is our opportunity to chat really quickly about some football. But without further ado, I'll pass it over to Dan, and let's chat about the service. Yeah, well, um, as we all know, Army has a new offensive coordinator, uh, Drew Thatcher. Uh, Coach Thatcher comes in with a new offense, kind of a, a run-pass option type offense. A lot of buzz about that. Um, I I don't know how much we're going to talk about that today, but I have seen this thing in person, and I am prepared to tell you what I saw. Air Force, as we all know, won the Commander-in-Chief's Trophy, unfortunately, ended their season with a win against a disappointing Baylor team, which was fine. Uh, Troy Calhoun remained at Air Force, which is amazing. I think that guy has found his forever home. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of us were hoping he would head on to the Power Five. I certainly was. And finally, uh, Navy dumped Coach Ken, promoted defensive coordinator Brian Newberry into the head coaching position, and they've got new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator, 
They've got their best football player arguably playing lacrosse. Like, they got a lot going on. So, I don't know, man. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that falls out. Do you think uh, our line comes back next year with the new offense, or or is he going to play, you know, or is this it for him? No, he's – apparently he was at spring practice until – you know, he's like spring practice with the football team, and then he shows up on Saturdays to play with the lacrosse team, which is, you know, good work if you can get it, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. All right, so uh, spring football updates. We'll toss it to, to Joe and uh, Hawk real quick to talk about Michigan football, and then we'll go back to Army. Joe, what are, what are you hearing about yeah. uh, the spring practice? There's a lot of buzz coming out of Ann Arbor about, you know, just a different kind of vibe. They're, you know, coming off of – I think they're, they're 19th in the transfer portal right now. Um, you know, coming off back-to-back Big Ten titles and back-to-back beatdowns of OSU – uh, kind of feels like order is restored in the world of college football. And, uh, you know, with with J.J. McCarthy coming back, he's joined by what could possibly be the best one-two punch in college football in Corum and Donovan Edwards. Um, <clears throat> they went ahead and reloaded in the transfer portal at center again, stole Drake Nugent out of uh, Stanford, and uh, that's a huge get. He was a big-time quality starter for them. And uh, they're coming off of, I know Colonel Rob loves this, two Back-to-back, Joe Moore, best offensive line in the nation. And that, even though Michigan has been a absolute NFL pipeline for offensive linemen, I don't know that that's happened. Um, matter of fact, I should have checked that stat, but it was it was 14 years since the last time they won it, and they won it back-to-back. So there's a, there's a different trend. They're starting to get those five stars and those hogs that Penn State, Wisconsin, and Ohio State were eating up. And uh, I think they've shifted the weight in the recruiting battle. And... Uh, they look good, man, and now they just need to win a game in the playoffs, and uh, we can take the next step. So we'll see. But yeah. the team, I mean, right now they've loaded up in the transfer portal. Getting uh, Josiah Stewart, the sack master out of uh, Coastal, was a big get also mm-hmm. because they, they've reloaded on edge rushers three times now out of the transfer portal, and uh, it's worked out every time. So I'll pass it to you, Hawk. If I, didn't, if I didn't cover yeah, it. I think you covered everything. It's great to read and hear what's cooking in the big house. You know, still my fondest memory of the big house remains when I took the recruiting trip up there in November of 91 just to see that Michigan versus that team down south game. Watching Desmond <laughs> Howard, you know, clown all over everything and everything. Do the famous uh, Heisman pose in the end zone. I was blessed to be there. And, you know, as a Michigan I was there with you. All right, I was dude. just in the stands. Yep. <laughs> So as a Michigander, you know, that's, that's my second favorite team. But I know the goals and expectations remain the natty after a disappointing showing in the playoff. But, you know, hey, it's a new year. And the focus, I know, will be on week one and uh, be on our rivalry opponents. You know, I think people love to say a disappointing uh, playoff appearance. It was two pick sixes, and we're playing for the national title. That's it. They lost by – I mean, they lost by six points, but they put themselves down over two yeah. pick sixes. And J.J. McCarthy just, you know, he had jitters through a couple of bad passes. They, you know, give them those two back, different ball game. So, yeah, I mean, are you a little you bit can, frustrated? You can call it down. He, so the jitters were last year. The jitters were last year. And to this, you know, this past year, I thought was supposed to be that over the hurdle, we're done with the nervous energy, and he's supposed to lead the team instead of create the Well, mistakes. that, that might have been a national look because, because that's what's expected at Michigan. But as a Michigan football nerd, I didn't expect it. I, he was still he was still brand new starting in the Big Ten to me, and uh, you know I hadn't seen enough out of him yet to call him anything more than a true freshman and experience last year. So I, I I think he I don't think you've seen the best of him. I'll tell you that. Uh, I think he's still got a lot of growing to do, and uh, I think this year we'll find out. 
whether he's uh, very talented at a mid-major level or he's very talented at the national level. You know, I think he still has a step to make or, or, or maybe they were wrong about him, which that happens from time to time. All right, so Dano's up. We'll open this Michigan, up. Go ahead, Jimmy. I was just going to say, Michigan still has a football team. I, I forgot about it. I didn't realize that they wow. still existed. Wow. Since wow. They, don't have TV. They, don't have t- okay. they don't have TV where you're at. See, and that's why you're in physical therapy right now. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I really think the story of J.J. McCarthy would be the, the story for, for – and that's the story for most teams in, at the collegiate level now is how well does the quarterback play. You know, because the quarterback play is so essential, particularly when you're running, you know, an option type or a heavy pass. Like, either way, quarterback has to make decisions. There's no schools, probably with the exception of, like, Wisconsin, who always gets a five-star running back year after year, that you can just hand the ball off to over and over again. But all these teams now are starting to move towards that quarterback position being a lot more responsible. And, you know, we knew it was going to be as J.J. McCarthy went – you know, that's how Michigan went. And same thing, look at Stetson Benton. When Stetson Benton had to pull it out and start performing against TCU, didn't take him long to kind of, you know, switch gears and take over that game in the championship. But, it stings uh, a bit when you lose the one of the front runners for the Heisman second to last game of the year, too. I mean, that's a that's adjusting on the fly. Not to make excuses, but losing Blake Corum hurt badly. <laughs> and anybody that says uh, that's a homer statement hasn't watched Blake Corum because he pretty much their offense ran through him. Yeah, that's fair. And speaking of new offense, let's talk about spring football at Army. Dano, I know you made it to the spring game. So uh, what are your thoughts on the uh, spring game and kind of break down what you saw? So it was fun. Uh, that first thought is just as as a observer, like it's fun. Um, Jim, did you see it? Zop? No, I didn't get a uh, – I only read the recap. Um, I heard it was fun. I heard a lot of different perspectives from people time in, but it's it said it was exciting. Uh, it's very new. Uh, 15 days yeah. of practice is not going to enable you to master this type of offense. So we yeah, have a lot of growing yeah. to do over the summer. Yeah. So bottom line, Army is in the shotgun. Like it's it's a pistol set with a slot receiver and a wide receiver. Um, that slot receiver, I guess, takes the old slot back and and is just, you know, a, a receiver now. Um, so they give you a triple option set, but it's like five options. You've got to dive to the running back, quarterback, keep throw to the slot receiver, quarterback, keep to a draw quarterback keep to sprint out with an RPO on the edge or a quick throw or pitch to the wide receiver on the edge. And that's just the basic stuff, but that's like five things with the football going everywhere. And so your quarterback Dan, better be the smartest man in the room. So, yeah, so well, that yeah. right there is a good point because a lot of our lot option of that we went with yes. last year um, was pre, it was predetermined. So yep. we predetermined yes. dive, pull. For the last, yes. everything for the last else, three or four, it's been that way. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I, how much of the option so is he's really okay. going to be able to exploit? Well, so I guess what, yes. Okay. So it's clear that the offensive coordinator was calling a lot of stuff rather than giving reads to the quarterbacks. I don't know how much of that's going to change. I guess with the under center um, uh, flex bone, it's a little less obvious, at least to, to the casual observer, like what the call was, was that the fullback dive? Was that the midline option? Like inside veer, like, you know, um, this, you can sort of see the play set up. Like there's, the ball goes to the perimeter a lot more, but they are also trying to accomplish like more stuff, I, you know, not necessarily in different, in more ways, but just the ball's going in a lot of different directions versus, you know, keep pitch dive, whatever. Um, and that's, that's not a knock or anything. I'm just telling you what I saw. So uh, it'll be interesting. I know we're going to do more on it. There's a whole, there's a whole blocking scheme and there's a whole scheme based on whether or not the quarterback pivots 
Um, and I don't, I don't know. I mean, definitely in this show, we're not going to get into the details, but it was cool. One thing I will say is the recruits that they have, every recruit I've seen is like a monster. Like they're all six, three plus they're all tall. So nice. that's, that's, that's good to hear, Dan. So, so, here's so you're saying do. Zop and Zop and Hawk wouldn't gotten. <laughs> no, no, probably not. I mean, seriously, it's, you know, I think the whole statement was, man, you looked a lot bigger on film. Well, on VHS, everybody looked big. <laughs> Wait, it was, it was what, two years, two or three years ago uh, that Army took Michigan to overtime in the big house. You know, I want to see Army get back there. Yeah, so you do know, we all. I want to see Army be, and, and they can. They can. So, they just... so what concerns me is, I don't have a feel for how much the how much pass blocking the offensive line is going to have to do and what that's going to look like um, because they're totally throwing the ball and quarterbacks look good throwing the ball and they got Isaiah Alston who will catch anything you throw at him but they got a there's more pass blocking going on there and that's like you're going to LSU you're going to throw against the, those guys the, the RPO game I just, the RPO it's run for right so really there's not pure has reads but you still have to, you still have to fire out like they might be brought so speaking i have to watch about like a pro style hit in the pocket kind of pass rush the, the ball's got to get out of it's quick in, in that offense yeah. yeah well and they were they had two different quarterbacks they played dwayne coleman and and uh bryson daly and they ran the offense differently depending on who was in there which i know that that always happened but it was totally transparent this time uh with coleman who i, I guess is probably less experienced with it they kept him I don't want to say in the pocket, but when they weren't running him all over the place. When Daly got the ball, he was running. Like he that dude was on the move every snap. So that'll help. Bryson Daly looked pretty good in any type of set running or throwing last year. So I think that's gonna be uh, a great option for us taking this new offense and putting it into motion. Well, and you only need a, a second, right? I mean, you get a second off the off the, the uh play action from the handoff, and then you can pivot and do a couple of things and you know, he's only got to get an opportunity. The, the real the thing that concerns me is, like I said, if, if, you know, teams are just totally blowing up the O-line and smashing the mesh point, then that's a problem. But oh, let's see how it goes. I, I'm not I'm not being negative. I'm just telling you what I saw. Yeah. So really quick for the for the, the football alums here. Uh, how big is the spring game? Because, again, it seems like it's something that's gained momentum over the last 10 years or so for for. Uh, collegiate athletes because now people are actually going and watching them but before it was like there's a spring game like i never even heard of that but uh, we'll start with tim go to zop and then round it out with hawks like what do you guys think about spring games oh i think it's uh i think it's very just like spring practice which honestly wish they let teams practice and limit it for good reasons but um it, it, it's really crucial for development I mean, you get a in most teams you get a crop of senior folks like seniors or firsties that leave and then you got to fill in the gaps and it gives, it helps bridge that, that gap between, uh, I, don't, I don't know who, remember who was talking about it earlier, this big gap between, uh, well, for us, most of the time, the December and then the beginning of August, I mean, that's a huge time to sit off and not, right? So uh, I think it's really important and it's important for the coach to evaluate. Zop, you're up. Zop. Yeah, I think the spring game, uh, so the spring game for us was, I think, a practice at game speed. Uh, when we did it. And I thought it was, you know, really kind of fine tuning the office. It's critical this year because of the new offense, obviously new offense coordinator, new offensive system. I think it's absolutely critical for us, but the one thing that, you know, coach Munkin's done with the entire staff um, is they've, they've really tried to broadcast and advertise much more, make it more West point, more attractive to come up. So 
as far as recruits, just being on hand and what you saw, Dan, I think is pretty significant in the recruiting side of it. So to draw out and, and to say you got all these monsters, that team picture that they took as far as all the committed, uh, I think is a big deal for recruiting. And so the yeah. impact is gone beyond just what it is as far as the offense and defense and X's and O's. It's turned into how can we leverage this to recruit better uh, to the military academy? Yeah. Yeah, I think that really matters. Hawk, you're batting up clean up. Last comment. Yeah, I just think that both Tim and Zop hit, it, hit the nail on the head there. I mean, the coaches have got to figure out um, how the new offense is going to work, how their personnel look in that new offense, and whether or not they can execute it. And if not, they have a few short months to uh, figure out, okay, who's going to be the right person in the spot to do that. And, and then uh, just to wrap up and reiterate what Zop said, um, spring football – today in college has been more of a recruiting tool. So you got to have your recruits there and they need to see themselves wearing that uniform, see themselves going to that spring game and, you know, being in those repetitions with those players and, and then one day being on the field. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, I can tell you one thing that probably will never change an army. If you are a wide receiver, you're still going to be stock blocking. So work on your downfield blocks like that will never change. I think that's going to be locked in stone forever because the ability to run is also tied to how well your receivers block downfield. And that's one of the most unspoken about parts of Army football is the wide receivers are busting their butts play after play, blocking downfield. If they're not running routes, they're running downfield and they're picking off a safety or a corner. And again, that's one of the least observed parts of the game, but it's very, very important. And We'll move on into the FPI rankings for what it's worth. Like these things are garbage until you like actually get into the season and we start playing some games. But uh, right now the top 10 for your preseason like it or lump it is uh Hawk and, and Joe's favorite team, the Ohio state university Buckeyes. You've got uh, Bama's number two, Georgia's number three, no respect at all for the back-to-back -back national champions. I, and I don't understand that. I'm sure it'll correct itself. Once we start playing ball, you got uh, LSU, which is number four. That's not good because a future army opponent, you got Texas, Michigan, USC, and uh, Clemson six, seven, and eight Notre Dame and Penn state round out the top 10. Army is 102, Air Force is 86, Navy is 108. These ratings, again, are not worth the paper that they're written on in the preseason, not indicative of how they're going to play. And I've never understood FPI rankings because I think they're just too much opinion and not enough analysis. But uh, thoughts on the top 10 and where Army and the other service academies are placed. We'll start with Joe, move to Dan, and then we'll close out with Zop. I tell you, that that is the Blue Falcon of the week is the FPI rankings because – Thanks a lot. Let's go ahead and piss George off. We, the rest of the country thanks you. We needed that. Give him some bulletin board material day one. Hey, look, fellas, we're number three. Let's ratchet it up a notch. Um, yeah, these don't mean a whole lot. I'm glad Michigan isn't too high, um, even though six is, is up there. But it, it's been a curse anytime they've been overrated in the preseason. But, yeah, I, I don't. There's a couple of teams like Notre Dame, USC, Penn State, Texas. They're going to have to prove it to me through five games before I say they're top ten. Um, but who knows? In LSU, that would be a uh, a large step from where they finished the season. So, yeah, I, I, I they're they're pretty much uh, they won the with SEC a grain West. of salt. But give you something to talk about. Yeah, that is true. LSU did win the, the SEC West. And, again, it's like, like which conference? It was an anomaly of a year in the SEC West, though, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> wins, uh, not matter. That's not, wins and not losses that, matter they do yeah. they do but 
you know, I you must have been watching the Michigan losses because if you that means you missed every game but two in the last couple of years. So when you said they still have a football team, they might only show the losses where you're at, and that would only be two in the last uh, two years. So nice. No, LSU, LSU uh, I, I give them all the credit, man. It was just, that was a wild year in the SEC, though. Yeah, I, I think I think Tennessee would have run the table had Hendon Hooker not got hurt. And I think that really changed the game. Again, it, it, quarterback play, even though they came and showed out the next game, like they kind of fizzled off in performance after he got hurt. So I think that that's that's part of it too. Dano, what are your thoughts on FPI? So there's there's two different kinds of rankings. You've got these and you've got the SP plus rankings that are a little bit more scientific. Um, and all the preceding rankings are heavily dependent on recruiting rankings. And of course, Army's never going to be up there in their recruiting rankings. Uh, one thing I will say is that the FPI rankings are heavily skewed towards conferences because they're trying to predict who's going to make the college football playoff. So, I mean, the only interesting thing is that Air Force at 86 is, is you know, in the Mountain West, and that may say something about what they think about the Mountain West um, more than anything else associated with anything with these rankings. All right, so let's hit some other headlines. Joe, let's talk about uh, what else is going on in, in college. Well, how about uh, Coach Prime at Colorado? Um they're, I mean, they're number one in the transfer portal right now. Um, but the big, the the big story and what you and I spoke about over the the forty three kids total from the last year's roster are no longer there. And, and you know, I know that's it's it's my time to talk about this, but I got to get you guys' opinion on that. What 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 do you think's going on there? You think that's Coach Prime saying, hey, you know, um, you're not going to play here, so you might as well kick rocks and and find find a spot that you're going to fit in because I'm not going to play you. I mean, or, 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 I mean, cause it's not that he can't have lost 43 kids at Colorado. You know, you're in a better place. You got coach prime there. ESPN's got you, your spring game on, uh, they're broadcasting it live. You're obviously, you're already sold out. Um, so what do you think that is? How do you lose 43 kids? Cause I mean, yeah, I think he's obviously going to be successful. Hey Tim, what are your thoughts? And we'll go to, to Zop and Hawk. Well, he, well, he, he walked in on day one, his first team meeting and will never play. Yeah. Don't know if that was, you know, checking their man or what, but flat out. And and so there's there's lots of there's lots of bad with, it. Um, you know, kids can go, you know, if, the, if one school is not the right fit, that they can go somewhere else. But it also leads to, well, I came in as a highly recruited freshman and I'm not hurting. I'm out of here. Right? It breeds some really bad habits, um, you know, borderline quitting. My Agreed. But, uh, I, I, it's probably a combination things, in my opinion. You know, yeah. uh, Dion really hard on him. Probably, you know, being truthful, what do you don't think many of you make the playing view? And then kids seeing that and thinking, well, I'll just go. Yeah. And we talked about that on the show last season about how the transfer portal can almost be an adversary to teaching kids how to deal with with challenges in life, you know. And, and coach, I, I think Coach Prime, uh, exactly what Tim said, I think it was more of a gentleman's course. Like, hey, you know, nothing personal, but I'm not going to play you, just so you know. Um, but you don't think Bobby Knight's players, a few of them would have transferred if they didn't have to sit out a year, you know? No. And I, I think a lot of those guys say they're better men after stuff like that. Even though I'm a Michigan fan, I, I respect, uh, I, I bet a lot of Bo and Woody's players would have transferred if they didn't have to lose a year of eligibility. You know, there's, there's tough coaches in life and, and you know, I, I got to lean towards Tim's, Tim's way and say that iron sharpens iron. And a lot of times a tough coach isn't necessarily a bad coach. A lot of times it's what you need, not what you want. Zop, you got a hot take? Yeah, I do. And it's I think it's timing. So Bobby Knight and Bo Schembechler and Woody Hayes never had to deal with social media. 
I think social media exposes people's uh, yeah. weak, fragile egos. And if you have something that's postered all over, it says, you know, Coach Prime says you're not good enough to play here. They're going to run for the hills and they're not going to do two things. Let me go find something a little bit further away from this coach. And let me go try and figure out what I can do on the NIL deal. How can I make some money in the process? So to me is I think there's competing, um, you know, things, uh, whether it's social media, peer pressure. Sure. I mean, you're talking about Shadur Sanders saying, you know, he's throwing dimes to a guy that's transferring. He's going to transfer. He's going to be, yeah. he was one of their weapons. And I think that, it if this game. wasn't plastered, yeah, spring break, but if, if it wasn't plastered all over social media, um, I don't think we would have heard two words about it. Mm. I think it would have been just like one of those, yeah, he's trying to check you and he's trying to see how tough you are. And are you yeah. going to be a part of this or not? And I think without like the look into the locker room, I think that uh, you would see a lot less of the you know proliferation of the transfer. Yeah, not to mention, I, you know that if a kid walked up to him and said, coach, you may not think so right now, but I don't want to play for anybody else and I'm going to prove it to you. I'm good enough to be here. That's the kind of kid you want to play for you because that, that's, that's a dude who wants to win for you. And I think that's the kids he's looking for and why he took such a hard line coming in because you, yeah. you're talking about uh, turning around a losing program. So you got to go in and immediately find out who the winners are out of that losing program that's a great because point. there are a few. And so, you know, by going in there, you're going to set that high standard and those people are just going to fall back. They're going to fall back. Those who are going to yeah. work, they're going to work hard and they're going to earn a spot, you know. So I, I don't make too much of uh, him losing so many people in the transfer portal. I think he's got to build the team that he wants his way. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it looks in the fall. So, yeah, that was I, awesome, man. Uh, the, the, that was some that was some beautiful feedback from a few college college insiders. Uh, I liked it. But no, that was a no, seriously. It's a great point, Hawk. About uh, he he wants to find the the diamonds in the rough and uh, find out who wants to really be there. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a can huge. I, can I say huge something statement. else about the? Yeah, go for it. Tim. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish it. No, I was just oh, gonna, gonna I was just gonna say, gonna say I was gonna a, a different story of the transfer. Okay, go ahead. Well, I'll just say, you know. So the flip side of that, we're talking on this stuff, but um, um, I'll, full disclosure: I'm a big LSU. I grew up in Baton Rouge. Emily went to LSU. My dad and my older brother both played at LSU. No. Um, and I'm I'm I am looking their ass, by the way. Um, so to your point earlier, Rob, about not good for us that LSU. I wish they were number one, and we go in there and punch right in the mouth. Nice. But the transfer portal. So uh, when when Kelly took over <clears throat> after they fired or LSU played with 39 scholarships in the bowl game. Right. And then wow. the very next fall, the very next fall. So they had 39 scholarships left on the roster at the very next Kelly takes to win. A lot of that's a transfer, transfer, to be honest. But uh, so there's there's some good things. There, right. Yeah. And, and I agree with you on that. What I was going to say is I think a lot of kids that might have popped on on Coach Prime, too, are folks that are looking at the landscape of college football. You know, the Pac-12 is not going to be the Pac-12 for very much longer. So if I'm a freshman or a sophomore, you know, I can move on to greener pastures and go yeah. to a bigger one of these mega conferences and have a better chance of, uh, you know, getting the eyeballs on me and going to the pros. Cause again, PAC 12, like if the PAC 12 is not on television, you know, unless they have an early game where they completely adjust the schedule, you're staying up super, super late to watch PAC 12 games. Cause they're on, you know, they're on the left coast. So yeah. if you're not, you know, staying up late, 
you're going to miss a lot of the TV time that those kids are getting. And with name, image and likeness and, and their future in the pros riding on the, the amount of you know film that they can get. Why wouldn't I transfer to like the Big Ten or, you know, the Big 12 and have a great opportunity to get more eyeballs on me versus, you know, being that that standout talent that's playing at, you know, nine o'clock every night on Saturday that nobody's really watching. Except because for coach, fans. because Coach Prime has proven that he can bring the eyeballs to the program, he's That's proven that with Jacksonville. I mean, nobody's looking at Jacksonville State. I, you know, I'm probably not going to look at him now that he's left. Um, but he has proven he can use social media to his advantage by producing this, you know, this film, this open kimono look into the locker room, and he's and he's told these kids and, and he's shown it. He'll go get their nil money. You know, those are two things that seem to interest kids these days. He says it's here to stay, so he's going to use it as a weapon. I mean, yeah, Hawker, you know, as far as NIL deals, so, and then, like you said, the exposure. So, you know, when the Big 22 comes aboard, I mean, Big 10, <laughs> you know, gets mm-hmm. USD and UCLA, the major market of Los Angeles, bringing that over into what is already a difference. You know, you're going to have nil deals out the wazoo and i think that as far as as much as coach prime does in denver colorado it not nearly as impactful as lincoln riley in los angeles california yeah it's gonna be awesome to see usc in november come play in michigan and ohio like one of the, just one of those nasty spitting oh. rain 32 oh, degree oh. weather games no, I can't in la play. like what did i sign up for man Listen, they can't play like defense in a dome. They can't play defense <laughs> against Tulane in a dome. And the Pac-12 is notorious for playing zero defense. So yeah. until they can wake up and say, your new culture is you have to play a little bit more defense. Now, it's not as good and solid top to bottom as the SEC. But UCLA and USC, really fun to watch on the offensive side of the ball. Very depressing to see all these athletes that cannot line up and play defense. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's like Penn State was going to dominate. Nebraska was going to be a problem and contend for titles. Okay, play that schedule. Other than the SEC, I'll stand that schedule up against anybody. You got to go play in Ohio and Michigan in November. Have fun. Yeah. Yeah. Penn State, Michigan State, Iowa, all those teams hit hard and they play cold, cold weather. Yeah, I think that's going to be a little bit of a culture shock. Plus, having to play defense like they're like, I, I think it'll be for for those teams that are used to scoring, hanging 35, 40 points a game. They're going to be in shock when they get twenty points or two touchdowns, fourteen or or seventeen. They have two touchdowns and a field goal. It's freezing cold and they're getting smacked in the mouth. And that's going to be across the board in the Big Ten. And then, or your starting you know, quarterback gets concussed in Columbus. You know, stuff like that happens. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. for the, I mean, from the fans' own stuff, from the horseshoe. Yeah. It's a brutal environment. Brutal. heathens. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. Yeah, but. And but that LSU of... comment, Tim, that LSU comment was because most Michigan fans like expect them to be undefeated. When I was a little kid, I was either playing for Michigan or LSU because I love their helmets. So I've always been a closet LSU supporter. <laughs> I, I just always expect them to have one or zero losses. So when they don't, it's like, ah, bad season. But That's fair. Yeah. But, again, it goes back to, like, as we were talking about NIL and everything else. Hey, the NC2A game has been delayed. We talked about that in the teaser. I think it's uh, – I think the, the main thing that will make that thing a great selling point is if they work out all the issues that the Madden game has. Because year after year, people complain about Madden on the platform. So if it's not a good game and 
your team is not in it, I don't think it's going to sell the way that the previous versions of the game will did. And so we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, we'll run down the current standings in the transfer portal right now. You've got uh, Colorado is number one, LSU number two, Auburn number three, USC number four, Florida State, UCLA, Ole Miss, Oklahoma, SMU, and Oregon are all in the top ten. Moving on to the road to the draft. Any guesses into which university has the number one or the highest number of active NFL players? And don't look at the outline. If you have, it's not fair. But that's, that's I, I confess that I saw this on yeah, social media yeah. before. Uh, I saw this on social Georgia, media. Georgia, Alabama, LSU, it. Michigan. It's it's yeah. it's gotta be it's gotta be uh it's gotta be Bama, Georgia, Buckeyes. Yeah, so so right now you're your top five with active players, or we'll say the top six, because Alabama's a LSU's up there. Yeah. Bama has 71 active players in the league as we speak. Uh, they have two Ohio- teams. <laughs> yeah, basically. Ohio State has 60 players in the league. LSU with 58. Clemson has 37. Uh, Georgia has 49. And Notre Dame has 47. Moving on to the next point, Notre Dame is actually the number one school in college football for producing pro athletes. So if you are a prospective candidate, and you're trying to go there, you know, touchdown Jesus is where it's at if you're trying to make it into the pros. However, uh, that squad is very, very difficult to get on. They have 522 uh, in the NFL since the inception of the league. USC is number two with 479. Buckeyes have 479. Those stanky Oklahoma Sooners have 409 active players in the NFL, and Michigan has 392 Rounding out the top 10, you got Bama, Penn State, LSU, Florida, and Nebraska as of 2022. And uh, believe it or not, in the 2021 draft, Georgia passed Ohio State and LSU for having the most players enter the league in a single draft. The previous record was 14 in the 2004 and the 2020 season, and Georgia hit 15 last year. So, if you're looking at a program, yep. again, all roads to the pros lead to the SEC when you look at the top teams that are, are, are putting people in the NFL. You know, the University of Miami was up there in the 90s back when, uh, you know, they had the, the the bad boys of college football, but those dudes have since fell off for about a decade. And, again, your your, your dirty trio is your guys that are habitually in the, uh, the college football playoff. So if you can get to – Ohio State, Michigan, or Bama, you have a pretty decent chance of getting into Georgia. Yeah. And Joe, one of your points earlier was, you know, don't poke the bear in Georgia. Um, Georgia sent all these people to the draft, and Kirby has shown the ability to reload. So yeah. to your point yeah. is when you're saying you put them in number three, he's already proven that model that he can re-recruit and institute you like just blend them on into the system and just beat the tar out of people. So uh be yeah, beware. I think yeah, it's they're... a beautiful mix of finding transfer portal starters for yes. absolute, absolute, um, the exclu- exclusive positions, the ones you absolutely have to have somebody who's experienced at, and then filling the rest with super athletic freshmen. And it's like he reloads, and they might be first half of the season look one way, and the second half of the season they look like a different team. It seems like it's the Bama model, except he's better at it, uh, better at recruiting. Well, he learned it from the master. Yeah, you got to keep keep in mind, Kirby was a was a coach underneath old Nick Saban. And I think that's part of the complaint, too, because Saban is seeing all his uh, contemporaries or folks that used to hover around his circle starting to use the same playbook as he has. And uh, T. 
teams are starting to catch up. You know, it used to it used to be back in the day that there was only like a couple of teams that were shooting their shot to take over the the Bama uh, legacy or dynasty in college football. But now everybody else is starting to catch up, and I think recruiting in the transfer portal is helping. And the transfer portal is helping big time, just because oh, yeah. again, like Joe mentioned, I can go out and specifically recruit and look for that guy that I need. And if he's in the transfer portal, then I can just get access to all his, you know, his film and everything else, study this guy pretty well, and then fit him in in the right spot. And that's a dangerous proposition because if I'm like a junior at the University of Iowa and Kirby Smart comes knocking, I'm probably not going to say no. Right. Well, yeah. And if you you want to be the number four, you want to be the number four linebacker at Alabama and see the field like on every other kickoff, or do you want to go be the number one linebacker at Miami, Ohio, or something like that? I mean, dudes are getting a chance to play and and ironically the the group of five a few of them at least have benefited as well from some of these really talented guys that just can't see the field so and some of that is pure like we we knocked it earlier saying it's you know not dealing with adversity some of that is a kid really assessing the situation man look man there's two never gonna start and i want to play football i want to be part of a team it doesn't have to be this team but i want to play on that team and I, i get that um, I mean that's and, a big part you know, of. I, I love it because it does eat, it does kind of uh, sway the battle between Saban and the rest of the country. And if you blink twice, you'll have spent more time than I will feeling bad for Nick Saban <laughs> for any reason. But that is whatsoever. a big part of the transfer <laughs> of, 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 Spoiled of your decision talent. as an athlete is you know do I want to go someplace where I know I can contribute or do I want to go someplace where it's just the best place that they'll take me, the best program, and that's there's like some calculus there that. Yeah, well, I mean, comments from from well, the, the from the recruited athletes. Tim, go ahead. It's it's, it's really interesting the dynamic, and we don't know we don't know what it's going to look like. But so there's a there's a couple of things that I and this and it's just like if you go to work somewhere, you don't like the culture, right? So you you go to you get recruited at Colorado before Dion gets there, right? Two years ago, you recruited at Colorado and and realized that it's a complete shit show. I mean, it's the culture world. nobody's nobody's going to workouts nobody's nobody's you know everybody just cares about their own playing time and their own stats yeah i'm gonna go. and then you have these you know the, a real positive benefit in my opinion is these quote unquote you know two three stars and they go to Miami of ohio and they perform well and then kirby comes in and then they go play in the big leagues right so that's yeah. I mean, there's a there's some positive news to those kids where they they didn't get a coming out of high school one reason or other. And once they got to the field, people said, Hey, that kid can play. And they, they move up to a bigger program. Yeah. yeah uh, Tim. Josiah Stewart coming out of coastal. Um, he'll probably be a plug and play starter for Michigan. You know, that'll be the first time he plays in front of 115,000 people. And, uh, and he earned it the hard way. Yeah, for sure. And, and Tim, when you talk about two, yeah, two and three stars, that's Chip Kelly's model. So UCLA, he still loves to coach. And so he yeah. loves to take guys that are talented and maybe have underperformed the raw, the you know, diamond in the rough, and he loves to coach them up. So now I think that system is catching up with guys who are true coaches and not NIL managers. So I think the opposite uh, side of that, Ohio point. State, I hate, to be, I hate to be saying this, but Ohio State has a model for how much NIL revenue they need to bring in in order to formulate a, a top five team every year. Something like $13 million. Yeah, it's I mean, actually, they're not wrong. It, it, yeah, that is important. Well, yeah, they got the easy. They got the easiest place to pitch their team in the country. I've been to Columbus. Yeah. There ain't nothing in Columbus but, but the Buckeyes. If you, if you want to play <laughs> at that level, dog in town. 
If you want to yeah, play so, at that level, then you got to play at that level. Like, if you want to be in the top five, then you have to be in the top five, like, bottom line. You know, and I guarantee, you know, Tennessee was just happy to take that money out of the McDonald's bags because the money was always there. Yeah, for well, sure. I, as, you know, speaking of the Buckeyes, you know, as a true Wolverine fan, I, I can be 100% honest. They're a field goal away from beating Georgia, and no one's talking about that. I mean, that that they they've got the talent, mm-hmm. and I do think they probably played their worst game against Michigan. And I don't mind that at all. Um, but you know, remember we were saying going into the playoff, I said I wouldn't want to play Ohio State right now. Not after and Ryan not Day after is a great Michigan coach. Did. Yeah. He is a good coach, and he develops yeah. his talent as well. So as much as there's money involved, is I love to see Harbaugh against uh, you know. Um, you got to, you got him in the same you know coach on coach as much as player on player matchup. I think is such sure. an exciting game, very much like Lincoln Riley, Chip Kelly, UCLA, USC game. And then yeah. you have the S, you know Kirby and you know uh, Nick Saban. So the coaching matchups I think are as intriguing as the the matchups on the field. Yeah, I think we're finally getting to the point now. And you know transfer portal, NIL, everything all being said. Like when there's parity on the field because of the players that you can bring to the game, then it truly falls to the coaches and who has the best strategy on, on getting their their team over the hump. So I think that's that's super important. Great discussion, guys. But we're going to talk about the draft really quick and we'll get everybody out of here because uh, we're running about 40 minutes right now. Good conversation, though. I love it. I love talking about football in general. So this is always great. But uh, moving on. So Army has had two players drafted recently. And when I mean two players drafted, I mean NFL seven rounds drafted. So the last two were Caleb Campbell and Tim's old roommate, Ron Makeda, as it says in the uh, in the NFL roster. Uh, but, you know, Cole Christensen was the first Army football player to win a, a national ch- NFL championship. He's on the Kansas City Chiefs. He was opposed to Brett Toth, who is on the Philadelphia Eagles. So it would have happened either way last year. But, uh, again, Andre Carter II is probably going to get drafted. Uh, I have some insider information on a friend of mine that used to work at the front office with the Browns. Do not be surprised if he ends up there. But uh, you'll a quote that I've pulled today, and it goes, hey, you won't even recognize him in three years how much his body will change when he's on an NFL team. He's going to be thicker and stronger than what you see on tape right now. Scouting director for an AFC well, team. I don't know what AFC well, team that is. Way, perfect example of that. Yeah, for sure. And I think there's a lot to be said about that. Like when you when you get a guy to a pro program and like his whole life is football, eat, sleep and drink, not studying, not marching, not summer training, not all the other things that you have to do as a cadet or even as a, you know, an officer in the army, like you can do a lot. But uh, what are you guys' thoughts on Andre Carter in the draft? What do you think? I heard the Giants as well. I, I like I don't know where he's going to go, but what are your thoughts, gentlemen? If it was the previous Giants regime, I'm sure they would take him in the first round. Um, but I, uh, I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I haven't really followed the draft super closely. Um, I'm, I like the draft, but I'm definitely not going to sit down and like watch it on TV. I'll, I'll read about it the next morning in the newspaper. Um, I guess that just shows how old I am. I, I'm excited for him though. I mean, it's, it's exciting that he's getting this opportunity and that they, you know, they changed the law to let him do it and all that stuff. It'll be good for the program, and uh, you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll see if he if he winds up in the Giants. I I sort of doubt it. I I don't know. I think the Giants have other needs, but we'll see. What I mean, I, I really don't know. Well, well, being a avid Lions fan, it's like kind of like being in an abusive relationship. Uh, if there's a Hall of Famer behind him in the draft, 
then he'll end up a Detroit Lion. Well, see, uh, well, see uh, I'm a Raiders fan, so I'm also scarred from draft and draft pass. I won't be watching the draft. I'll have the ticker running because I want to see where Andre Carter goes. But aside sure. from that, you know, I'm like, Dan, I'll, I'll read about it and all the analysis that happens after. The- so draft-wise for me, as far as I, draft I think that the a- senior bowl – Senior Bowl was a good opportunity to see how he measured up against the best linemen in the class. Um, Andre, I think, had a tough break this year because he was the player that our opposition had to block. So he got doubled, chipped, smashed. We talked about this preseason last year. So the fact that he was able to go out, I think, at the the Senior Bowl, I think he performed well. His drills, I think he did pretty well. Um, His measurables, his speed, quickness, everything like that. Um, but I think the one thing that, you know, to improve, uh, I would say if I characterize Andre Carter, you got to take him because I think he can make him bigger, stronger. Um, you put him in a professional program. So I would say, you know, I would say third, fourth round. I would I would take him. Definitely. It's not a flyer. I would say definitely yeah. invest in Andre Carter. But, the, you know, the guys that the comparative, the two linemen's edge rushers that I'm looking at, Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech. And then you got Will Anderson from Alabama who absolutely mauled tight ends and tackles one-on-one and th- when they were you know, facing the run. So that's the one thing. If, if Andre Carter can get a little bit better there, his stock or if his perceived um, you know, against the run capabilities can improve, I think he could actually move up the draft board. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that was one of the things that I saw watching him this year was like they kept putting him in rush situations even though it was like first or second down. And it's like, hey, man, like we got it. Let him play linebacker. You know, then when we get to those third and longer situational downs, let him rush. I think that was one of the things that I saw. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully he will uh, he will get drafted and get the opportunity to play again. You can always take the villain away of a route, but uh, that was a little bit that was a little bit longer. And, uh, you know, we all all of us on this call know about giving up your best years of your youth to the U.S. government. So, again, uh, sometimes it's better to uh, strike while the iron is hot. And hopefully he gets the opportunity to play. But uh, again, I'll, I'll toss this out here. We noted it before, but uh, you know I'm going to trigger Joe again because old Ryan Day. I'm saying his name, but like this dude has been great at hunting quarterbacks, man. Like when you look at the list of guys that he has in the NFL that he recruited, you know he recruited Justin Fields, Dwayne Haskins, God rest his soul, CJ CJ Stroud, wherever he's going to end up going, Quinn Ewers, and Joe Burrow, like. All of those guys would be considered good. So, I mean, the guy has an eye for talent. It's just, but he never you know, played Joe, Joe Burrow. So, true. And, and, <laughs> and, and, and fact, fact. Like, like, there is no, there is no it's denying a good, that. And it's a again, good point by Tim. He missed. You on know that the LA, one. He should have been starting that guy. The guy you know that the LSU, left. You should have been starting that guy. You know the LSU guy is going to chime up. <laughs> of mm. course. Well, because again, Joe Burrow like ran the table. Like there was, Dude, there was Joe no Burrow is an assassin. Like there was no doubt in anyone's mind when LSU started rolling about four games in, he's a wrap. Go ahead, Tim. Well, I was just gonna say, but he now he he transferred, but he graduated Ohio State. He didn't do the transfer portal, but he would be a candidate for that. I mean, he was a talented kid, and and the uh, and the shining example of somebody who's ready to start as a freshman. He should have been starting as a freshman. He'll tell you that. Um, He he maybe he could have got more playing time earlier but um he really didn't make strides into the junior goodness who started in front of him at ohio state yeah but but when the guy that you're competing against as a has a nickname of 12 gauge it kind of puts it makes it a little bit more difficult you know what i mean 
Because, and again, it's an embarrassment of riches at Ohio State's with yeah. quarterbacks for the most part. You know, it's rarely, if ever, do they have a bad year at QB1. And that what makes a problem for all those other dudes. But again, now with the transfer portal, it makes it great. I think the grad transfer is probably the way to go, particularly for a quarterback that, uh, you know, maybe you want to go to your dream school and play. Or, hey, look, I can plug in with this offense yeah. and, and and actually have a chance of winning. And Joe Burrow is a perfect example of that. And, like, dude has not stopped rolling since he's gotten to the pros. So I don't think that, you know, it, it wasn't a fluke. You know, that, that guy is legit talent for sure. Well, the transfer oh. portal won a Heisman Trophy last year under the right coach and the right system. They designed yeah, the whole system around him and brought that guy into a more, I guess, weapons-laden environment at USC. So that's how, you know, the transfer portal for good, I guess. And Ohio State's problem is, you know, I had a Lamborghini and a Ferrari. You know, which one do I drive? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here's here's your projected top five right now, and I don't know if I agree with this, but uh, Carolina Panthers are going to trade. They got a trade from the Bears. Uh, they're looking to pull Bryce Young. You've got uh, the Texans with taking Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson. Tennessee Titans are going to draft uh, QB Will Levis from Kentucky, and your number four guy is C.J. Stroud. So you're going to have basically That's your, insane. Top, your top four picks are quarterbacks. And, again, these are all freaking mock drafts and, I, like – Again, these are not worth the paper that they're written on because, again, these guys are just speculating. And I encourage you to start a drinking game if you watch the NFL draft and take a shot every time your mock draft is wrong. And I will tell you, I, you'll I be highly inebriated. That's right. By 10, right 10 picks in. There that, is means no Will and, that means Will Anderson will be there at six. And if he is and the Lions don't draft him, everyone oh. should be fired because that dude is going to be an all-pro Probably in his first season. Not he's all pro, but he's 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 gonna be a stud, and the Lions need as much defense as they can handle. Right, right what now. What a good balance to the other rush end. I mean, that would I think oh, make the Lions with vicious. with eight with Aiden Hutchinson. Aiden you know, Hutchinson. The, the year the Lions yes. last year they went to the playoffs. The Lions didn't ha- didn't even have a good secondary. They just had Dominican yep. Sue. Quarterback I, I didn't have a chance to find the routes. I honestly can't believe that there are people I, – I understand that uh, Anthony Richardson from Florida has had like a good pre-draft thing, but and, – and Kentucky quarterback Will Levis going ahead of C.J. Stroud, like that is freaking nuts, that's, man. That's That's like – that's like – that's, that's, that's like um, – Anthony Richardson's going to be the boomer bust of this Yeah, draft. well, that's fine. That's okay, but you don't take boomer bust second. You take boomer bust in the second round. Well, if you're the Texans, you do. <laughs> says it right here. <laughs> yeah, I like CJ Stroud better. I mean, quarterbacks go. I like CJ Stroud better. I think he's more athletic. He's bigger, more That's durable. Nuts. Durability is a big issue in the NFL. Um, yeah. I love Bryce Young. He is a winner. And so everybody's saying those superlatives, you know, in, in comparisons against Drew Brees. Drew Brees wasn't a terribly big guy, but depending on the no. system he goes to, if he went to like, you know, the early 90s Cowboys like Troy Aikman did, and Troy Aikman got the tar beat out of him, good thing he was a big guy and could yeah. withstand some hits. Yeah, he did. Bryce Young is not going to withstand those hits. So I think we that's were just the only talking about it. Yep. Get him in the right system. You got to put him somewhere where he's surrounded by an offensive line like the Michigan Wolverines. I hate to say it. It's I mean, that is the model is protect that man or get the ball out of his hand in two point three seconds. Yeah, because yeah, I'm 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 wary of uh if I'm an NFL owner of spending forty million a season on that frame. For sure. I mean it's just he's talented as all get out, but yeah, could you imagine him running an offense like like Baltimore? 
Like, dude, he'd get destroyed. No. He'd get killed. He like, you might as well kill him. Like, just shoot him on the sideline. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, what, fastest quarterback that's ever played the game is probably Michael Vick. Yeah. And Aaron Aaron Brooks was his cousin. Played for the played for the Saints. Told him his rookie year. Like, look, you've got a chance to play in this league, but stop being so reckless when you run. Gets his leg broke, what, year one? Yep. He told me, he's like, well, you're going you're gonna to get hurt. And, I mean, it didn't take long before somebody hit him and broke his leg. Uh, it's a different game. You're, yeah. you're playing with the top 1% of the top 1%. Is that why they outlawed it? <laughs> I hope yeah. not. Yeah, but RG3. RG3 was the perfect example yeah. of the guy yeah. stayed in bounds sure. too long. Yeah. Ruined his career. Yeah. He had a great, great body type for a sprinter. Yeah. He really did. Hurdler. Yeah. Yep. That's what he should have done on some of those dudes that were trying to take out his legs. All right. So last <laughs> last thoughts, guys, really quick. Anybody watching the XFL, what do you think? Is it good? Is it bad? I'm used to the way it was in the 90s. So there's like a lot less stripper glitter and uh, hot tubs. So I haven't watched very many games. So uh, anybody, I dipped in you like know, the, the third quarter. But that's it's like it. digging. It's like digging that tombstone out of your freezer that's got like a six month worth of frost on it. And you got to scratch it off to realize it's a pizza. It's like calling that pizza. You know what I mean? It's still football, but uh, it's, it's, not nec- it's not necessarily gourmet. <laughs> but you're going to eat leftovers, okay? You just said yeah. it right there. You're going to dig through that ice, okay? <laughs> yeah, I right. defrosted the heck football. out of it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the XFL, I mean, guilty pleasure. So, I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to put on the, the ice skating Grand Prix? I doubt it, okay? So I'm going to turn <laughs> on the you. XFL. Thank you. And, and, and so what it looks like here is, you know, D.C. defenders, the reason why they're playing well, they got quarterback options. They have a little yeah. bit of depth there. Karen's been playing well in St. Louis. D.C. defenders, I think both Pierre King and Jordan Tamu uh, have played very well interchangeably. Different quarterbacks, but effectiveness levels have been uh, pretty steady. And, you know, again, as you don't know, really, the defenses. Defenses in this league, in the first league, who's who, it's, it's kind of treacherous to watch. Um, they run a base. You're going to just scream through, do all that kind of stuff. And then the offensive line, um, you know, again, is getting in, you know, it's like being a bunch of rookies on a brand new system, brand new team. So I think first half was sloppy. Uh, It's gotten a little bit better. Uh, But obviously, you know, D.C. and I think, uh, what, Houston Roughnecks, um, I think we're truly the classes of the respective leagues. Yeah, I'm gonna agree with everything uh, Zop said, and I'm gonna upgrade that uh, Barons piece, journal piece. You know, and I'm gonna watch this weekend to see who who's gonna be in the championship for the XFL. So, uh, it, you know, it got a little interesting in the end. It got exciting. It got better, like Zop said, uh, in the end, especially with the Battlehawks, even though they didn't make the playoffs. But uh, you know, we'll see how it turns out. I think this weekend's gonna be good, and then uh, a couple weeks later, championship. What I'm not gonna be looking at is probably the USFL, and that's just starting last week i think it's poorly timed right i mean you you had nfl yeah. season and you had the full xfl season if you weren't done with football and now here comes a third league and they you know their players aren't probably as good as the xfl players just based on the few people that i know in each league and it's just yeah i think that's a tough ask they're not even in the hometown fan you know in the hometown cities either they're in like okay, four you hubs want me, you want me to watch let's get the champions of each league to see which league's better yeah. That would be interesting. I'm yeah, sure that, that they way. have that in the books. And which I'm league is sure it that AJ McCarron's is playing in? I'm not, playing in the I'm XFL. A, I'd go XFL. I'm going XFL. Well, they came out of the box. I, I just read modern. the story about it. 
about just about why he's doing it. And I thought that was one of the coolest things. Like a lot of these guys are just dudes who love the game, wanting to play some more football. And he he could have been on a roster in the NFL, but his he wanted his sons to see him play football. And I thought, like, dude, that's what that's one of my favorite stories about football this season. And uh, and he's playing well. Yeah, cool. I think I think that's fair. And, and again, like, there's always those there's always those hidden gems that kind of come out of XFL. For those of you guys that are throwback, and we guys are all all of us on this call are old enough to remember Tommy Maddox, who you know won the first championship and you know in the XFL, and then next thing you know, he's playing in the NFL. And so there's there is some carryover, and I think the difference, honestly, between the XFL, you know version one versus xfl version two is now version two that they're actually trying to play football whereas before i think it was it was long commercial for wwe yeah but herschel walker the new jersey generals and you had jim kelly houston gamblers you had you know um you know the what michigan panthers you know usl anthony carter played for the michigan anthony carter one of the best yep and so say that's some of the legends of nfl USFL, but now as far as XFL, I think that to me is their uniforms are better. Um, There's a lot of red. There's a lot of red in the USFL, and it's pretty horrible. I mean, it's like I can't even – it's inter-squad scrimmage, like the (laughs) Maple Leafs and the Tampa Bay Lightning (laughs) and hockey. (laughs) Who's playing Uh, here? I don't own any red clothing. All right. That's awesome, man. We know why you don't own any red clothing. It's actually Scarlet, Joe, but we will save that one for a little bit later. Hey, guys. There's a bigger man calling it Scarlet, then you go right ahead. Yeah. And wear red, red wings. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. All right, guys. Hey, this has been great. Hey, for for the 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 college football roundtable roundtable because we had a roundtable this time for sure with uh, with four or three other guests on here. I really appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, thanks, Tim, Zop, and Hawk for jumping on board. Comments as always were always great. Hey, we'd like yeah, to do this again. Us. Yeah, we got to do this again as we start getting closer into the season. Uh, definitely, you know, spring games are exciting. Uh, we're looking forward to the draft. Hopefully, Andre Carter will go somewhere in the first three or four rounds. I think he's projected to go in the fourth. Uh, XFL playoffs are this weekend. The championships the following weekend. And, hey, you know what? As always, beat Navy and watch a whole lot of football because uh, we're at the midway point. You're going to blink twice, and we'll be starting the season, and mm. we'll be looking to uh, follow the Army football season again. But uh, I'm Rob the Angry Colonel for your – local team here and uh we got trigger joe in the home of the big house we've got dano ikabesa in coastal connecticut we got tim jim and hawk the army football alum that were gracious enough to come on the show today and uh we'll see you guys next time thanks Beat em. thanks for listening to the ask for football college football round table Tune in next week as the AFF team brings you more hot takes and college football analysis. We'd like to thank our sponsor, BuyerBarn.com. BuyerBarn.com is the world's first platform to perform online auctions and sales for farm animals. BuyerBarn.com is dedicated to helping small farmers in America and are extending a special discount to military veterans who want to help in the revolution of the family farm. Go to BuyerBarn.com forward slash military. That's BuyerBarn.com. B-Y-R-E-B-A-R-N.com to learn more and to get started or email them at info at buyerbarn.com. Thanks again for listening to Ask for Football College Football Roundtable and as always, Beat Navy.